1: Today, we are speaking with Bruce Myers. Bruce is a passionate lawyer who has dedicated his career to animal protection. In July, 2016, he became the director of United Spay Alliance, a small national nonprofit organization whose mission is to protect cats and dogs by promoting affordable, accessible, and timely spay-neuter services nationwide. Bruce is also the principal of a Washington DC-based public interest law practice and consultancy Animals Environment, PLLC, where he works to advance animal protection priorities. Two, he serves as an adjunct associate professor at the American University Washington College of Law in D.C. Bruce is licensed to practice law in Washington, D.C. and California. Bruce lives in Silver Spring, Maryland, with his wife, Michelle, who is a small animal veterinarian and herself an avid spay neuter advocate and practitioner. They have four rescues, cats Nufi and Patrick, and dogs Bree, and is it Mimi? It's May May. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Bruce, welcome to the show, and I must say, happy Spay Day.
0: And happy Spay Day to you as well. I am just delighted to be here, Stacy. I appreciate you having me.
1: Well, I'm just thrilled to have you, and I felt it was so appropriate to have you as a guest on Spay Day where hopefully lots of people are in their surgery suites right now doing spays and neuters and listening to the podcast at the same time.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. (laughs) Doing them and setting them up for the future, that's it.
1: That's excellent. So Bruce, uh, welcome to United Spay Alliance. I think you're relatively new to the organization. So I was just wondering if you could share with us how you got started with them and, and how you got started with your passion for helping animals.
0: Yeah. Wow. Well, again, thank you for having me. Just just a delight to be here. I come to animal protection as actually a a public interest environmental attorney. But in roughly, gosh, I guess about 10 years ago, while working for the Environmental Law Institute, doing environmental policy work uh, as an attorney, uh, I started working on animal issues. And, you know, these were issues at the intersection of the environment and animal protection. So you're talking about uh, animal testing issues, you know, uh, when it comes to the safety of chemicals, you're talking about uh, uh, industrial agriculture and the impacts that that system has on animals and people in the environment. But but I came to see this connection and be very interested in this connection. And the more I worked on this um, kind of overlap, if you will, between environmental issues and animal issues, the more I realized, wow, I can actually be an animal attorney. There's a lot that I can do in this actual space, and there's a lot that needs to be done. And so that, I I think seeing that intersection starting there just really began opening doors for me. So after, gosh, over a decade with the Environmental Law Institute, a little over a year ago, I left to open my own uh, animal practice, uh, animal-focused law practice and consultancy And in the process of doing that work, uh, I actually saw the opening that was being uh, posted for the director of United Spay Alliance, and I applied for that as well. Uh, So now uh, I am both uh, directing United Spay Alliance, which is incredibly exciting, and also doing uh, some animal legal and policy work through the practice side as well.
1: Would you be able to share with us specifically what United Spay Alliance
0: is? Yes, absolutely. United Spay Alliance is a small national uh, 501c3 whose goal is really simply to promote the affordable, accessible, and timely spay-neuter of cats and dogs. That's that's its raison d'etre. That's what we do. That's what we're about. And we try to figure out where we can most add value in making that happen nationwide. And I guess, you know, to say a little bit more than that as to what it's about – the idea is to work with a network of statewide spay neuter referral programs. And we can talk a little bit about what that means, Stacey. But essentially, it's working with and through this network of programs around the country uh, to promote and advance the work that they do. and 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 I think also really to kind of knit this together and talk a bit about uh, Spay neuter policy and things we can be doing on a regional and on a national level as well. Yeah,
1: so I, I have some past involvement with United Space Alliance with Esther Meckler. And for those of you who missed Esther's show, she was episode number 45. So you can feel free to go to the communitycastpodcast.com website. Go to the search bar, just put in number 45, and her episode will will come right up if you want to listen to that to hear about Esther's incredible past with regards to uh, spay-neuter advocacy. But looking now at United Spay Alliance, we have this collection of incredible statewide spay-neuter programs do you cover the whole country at this point in time, or are there still some state gaps?
0: Not yet, but you, you just hit on our first priority, which is to get uh, nationwide coverage uh, with these programs. And and I should sort of step back and say, you know, we're not saying that spay-neuter is not available, and even affordable, accessible spay-neuter is not available throughout the country, because, of course, it is largely available. Uh, but what we're talking about is the existence of a program within each state that really works to connect people who need and want spay-neuter with those spay-neuter resources. And so these programs, these statewide referral programs, can be completely independent nonprofits. They can work through local humane societies. There are any number of flavors, if you will, of the way that these programs can be hosted in different institutions or just be standalone. In most instances, as you'd expect. You're dealing with really passionate spay-neuter professionals who do this work and are involved with these programs.
1: Yeah, it seems like the model is very unique. I mean, as you said, there's some individual programs, then there's some that are affiliated with clinics and some that are even affiliated with humane societies, and then- Every few years or so, it seems like these representatives get together to sort of touch base and see how things are going across the country.
0: Yeah, that's right. That's right. And at this point, uh, probably the first kind of large scale convening that I'll be involved in as director is going to come uh, this summer. Uh, One of the things we want to do uh, in my first full year as director is have a, a regional focus for the organization or kind of a thematic area, if you will, Uh, Thinking about the U.S. South, the American South, and so as part of that, we are going to host a regional meeting. At this point, it looks like it will likely be hosted uh, with our partners in the state of Mississippi uh, to talk about issues that are specific both to that state and area, but also to the to the South more generally. And I should say, Stacey, um, you—it occurs to me you were asking about the gaps around the country with these programs. Um, I do want to point out something like two-thirds of all U.S. states do have what we would consider a statewide spay-neuter referral program, and most of those are affiliated with United Spay Alliance, uh, but that means the other roughly third of the country, at least in terms of states, uh, do- does not have those programs in place, and that's really what we want to do is expand that outreach to make sure that these resources are getting out there.
1: And if there was an organization interested in, in possibly considering being sort of the statewide hub, how would they do that?
0: They could simply get in touch with me directly, Stacey, Um and I can provide that information now or, or later.
1: Uh, you can share it now, that'd be great.
0: Sure, I, I think the best thing to do would be to uh, send me an email directly at myers, M-Y-E-R-S, at unitedspayalliance.org. And that would go directly to me. We were also on the internet, of course. We have a website. Uh, We're in the process of getting a bigger and and better website online uh, as well. We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. So we're we're pretty easy to find, I think.
1: And for a group considering this, would it be something that's going to cost them a a fair amount of money
0: to accomplish? You know, that's an interesting question. And one of the things that I want to be able to do Uh, going forward is be able to provide some really realistic pricing for organizations. What would we be looking at if we wanted to come online with a program like this? I think the good news is that overall, it's pretty modest. Um, We're talking about, I mean, I should sort of say what's involved, right? So we're talking about within a state, maintaining really a list, a database of up-to-date uh, uh, information on where people can go uh, for spay-neuter, for affordable, accessible uh, uh, spay-neuter. Uh, we're talking about being able to field questions that people may have about getting their animals uh, uh, spayed or neutered, and you know, that this would involve some internet resources, uh, possibly some telephone uh, follow-up, and, and some availability, again, as I say, to answer questions. So we're talking about something that's pretty modest overall and and United Spay Alliance at the same time as an organization is thinking about the things that we can do, right, to facilitate that and make it possible. So hooking up candidate organizations with mentoring to do this, uh, perhaps providing website resources and technical resources and perhaps telephone resources. uh, What can we do to support that and make it happen? But we do think overall Uh, The cost is going to be pretty moderate, especially for people who are already involved in this work. They probably already know quite a bit of this.
1: Would you like your students to understand animal shelters, homeless animals, and what they can do to help? Dr. Rachel Geller is a certified humane education specialist and cat behavior counselor. As a certified humane education specialist, Dr. Geller is skilled in the area of best practices in the teaching of humane education and the most up-to-date educational strategies. Combined with her certification in regular education and special education, she is available to teach topics on animal welfare to your organization. Rachel teaches regularly for the Boy Scouts, Girl Scouts, community centers, senior centers, and animal shelters. In addition, Rachel teaches and trains shelter volunteers in cat behavior and how to recognize and understand that cats have their own way of communicating. She also helps to correct behavior problems in cats. Rachel has developed many programs and videos on common cat behavior problems and looks forward to working with you. Just email rachelsg at aol.com. That's r-a-c-h-e-l-s-g at aol.com. <coughs> if you like the Community Cats podcast and would like to help promote community cats in your state, then we need you. We're looking for a couple of people from each state to be community cats ambassadors. What do you get by being an ambassador? You'll be mailed a promo kit of items to use to help promote the show at any event that you attend in your state. If you don't attend many events, hey, that's okay too. Do you have a network of people that love community cats? You can help with emailing groups in your state to let them know about the CCP and offer them the benefit of Community Cat swag. The more we can spread the word about the show, the more we can do to help cats across the country. Please email Stacey, Stacy S T A C Y at communitycatspodcast.com if you'd like to represent your state. Thank you. I'm just actually looking at the website. Is there a listing on the website of what states do not have a program or what states you're looking for help from?
0: You you can determine that by looking at our website. There's not a crisp uh, list to that effect on the website now. That is one of the things that we're going to be doing imminently uh, is going forward with very active outreach to states that do not have programs. So it's something we'll be doing internally and there will be a clear listing of the places where we are looking to put programs in place. That's right. That's
1: great. Yeah. Cause if if it's a priority, I, I would be happy to share any links that you would have and share it with our community to see if there are any folks that are interested in doing that. We have just launched a an ambassador's program looking for several representatives from each state to help with spreading the word about the Community Cats podcast. So I'm sort of brainstorming a little bit here and thinking, well, maybe those folks might have some interest in finding out more about this opportunity too.
0: Well, you know, actually, I, I appreciate you saying that, Stacey, and bringing this up because I... That That is so essential. It really, and I'm sure you've talked to other uh, of your guests about this uh, over time, It's it really comes down to finding institutions, but also really people, individual people who are passionate about this and about making this happen. You know, one might assume, well, it's just a simple matter in any given state of talking to a particular large clinic or a particular humane society. But we found nationwide that it really varies. I mean, successful programs can, can really be in any type of organization and it comes down to the people. So when you talk about the ambassadors, I think that really is what it's all about. Who is passionate about this and wants to not only do it, but to do it and sustain it because we know that's the difficulty. It's not setting these things up. It's giving them lasting power and and staying power.
1: Right, and and there's a lot of advocacy behind running one of these programs, which is very can be very grassroots sort of oriented. And one of the lines that you have here in your mission is a timely spay neuter services. Would you like to expand upon what timely spay neuter means?
0: Well, absolutely, and and I should even sort of say a bit about what all of those pieces mean. I mean, the, you need to start, of course, with spay neuter resources that are affordable there need to be options out there as a mat, really as a policy matter there need to be options that are available uh, to ensure spay neuter within l- low income communities and for low income households it's an absolute priority and there are assistance programs that do that and grant programs and other things and and that by the way is something that a statewide referral program would need to be knowledgeable about. Not simply places to take one's animal, but also how to do that in an affordable way. And of course, that's particularly important for, for community cats. And when we're thinking about large numbers of animals doing that most affordable way possible, it's there. it's gotta be a, a distance away that, that is doable for the, for the person who wants to get the spaying and neutering done. So you have issues of transport and access, so there's your accessible. And then finally, to answer your question about timely, as early as possible. Uh, you, you mentioned Esther Meckler, and one of the things that she and, and Marion's Dream, her, her foundation, have actively uh, promoted and had a lot of success with is promoting fixed felines by five, by five months, and doing pediatric spay-neuter. And so we argue that you need to do all of these things from a policy perspective to really be effective. Don't wait until after the first litter. Don't give the animals a chance to reproduce. Do it early. That's timely.
1: So if there is somebody interested in being involved with United's Bay Alliance, but not necessarily as a statewide leader, you know, are there ways that they can help participate and promote this mission?
0: I think there are. I mean, one of the things that we've realized early on here is that so much, especially for an organization like ours, which, which is not actually building shelters, we're not actually doing the surgeries, so much is about education and it's about communications and you know I've already been talking to uh, uh, educational directors at for example some humane societies in different states and and one of the things we're really going to be focusing on is not just the network itself and and the needs of the statewide referral program network but also how we look at messaging how we look at education what we can do to promote all this uh, um, much more broadly. And I think the more voices in that, the better. Um, I, I have um, someone who's, who's been working with us who's terrific on communications and has been uh, uh, managing our Facebook and our Twitter and who's a real animal advocate. So I think connecting with us through social media and getting those ideas out there is the way to go uh, uh, and the way to start. I mean, people have thoughts about this, and I'm sure many of your listeners are extremely passionate about this, and I think that's important.
1: So you mentioned the uh, the theme for 2017, sort of focusing on the U.S. South. Uh, can you expand with any more details of sort of what the goals are for the United States Alliance going forward for the nonprofit
0: uh, sure I, I mean i'll say just a, a word or two about about the south i mean one of the things we realize is that with a nonprofit that's looking at the nation as a whole it's good to have some them- thematic areas that you come back to and so an important one of course is a geographical uh, focus which isn't to say we we won't be concerned with the entire country but rather that this is an area that we wanna focus some of our communications and our efforts around uh, uh, to start with in the first year. And so going back to what we've already touched on, one of the key issues going forward for the South for us is going to be to see that something like the way that we define the South, it, it uses the, um, um, the, the, the census definition of the different regions of the country. So it's pretty broad. I think it's something like maybe 16 states in DC, something along those lines. So we're talking about a lot of states here. Uh, one of the first things is to make sure that we've got a program in each of those states. How do we make sure that happens? And that's something that we want to focus on. I think we want to talk about rural issues uh, when it comes to spay and neuter, and that ties into one of our bigger concerns: is ensuring the coverage. You know, the nationwide coverage, county by county, of this notion of affordable, accessible, timely spay and neuter. Well, there are rural areas all over the country, but much of the South is rural, and so. It's good to talk about that, I think, in a southern context and what could be done and what are the experiences there? What What's going well? What could be done better? Um, we talk a lot about transports in the south, about spay-neuter transports, about rescue transports. Is that effective? Are there concerns with that? What should we be doing there? So I think we're going to raise some issues that are... Very, very important to the South as a region, but they will also transfer to other parts of the country.
1: I'll just throw an idea that I've had in some of our conversations from New England about transports and rescue transports and stuff. And I'd really love to see almost a sister city relationship develop from an organization in New England, for example, with an organization, say in Tennessee. And have it be more than just a rescue transport, but yet also assisting with spay-neuter down in that area, really impacting with, you know, helping with community education programs or a pets for life type model type program. So having it be a little bit more of a relationship kind of on steroids, I guess I would say, to really be able to make an impact down, down in the South uh, or in that region. So it's just, it's a thought that, that I've had, but I think it would be great.
0: Yeah. I think the sister city concept is, that's a fascinating one and, and and is, is, is really interesting. And I think it gets to something that we realize that all of our work is going to be about, which is, which is connectivity, right? I mean, it's this idea that I think a lot of people who are working tirelessly in the spay neuter space or in the rescue space just feel overwhelmed and feel that they're going it alone. And, and much of what we want to do is help to build these connections, you know, among organizations, among programs, among people who do this. And as you talked about before, we can do this through convening, but certainly there are other ways we can do it as well, formally and informally. So I, I think that's a really interesting idea that you bring up.
1: So Bruce, we touched upon it earlier, but if you could share again, how could people find you and maybe also share how people can find you on Facebook or Twitter?
0: Right. So the best way to get in touch with me is going to be at my email address, which is myers, M-Y-E-R-S, at unitedspayalliance.org. And then on Facebook and Twitter, I think we're pretty easy to find just by typing in those keywords, United Spay Alliance, We we should pop right up on either.
1: Bruce, are there any last thoughts that you'd like to share with our listeners? I guess
0: one thing I would just do is is step back from all of this and say i really think that spay neuter is about animal protection and it's really really important there you know rightly is a focus on rescue and as you pointed out at the outset i i'm someone who has rescue animals i'm sure many many of your listeners do but spay neuter is it's the preventative this is where it all begins and we've got to start thinking about this you know, at the policy level as well. You know, how do we do this nationwide? How do we make our laws work better? You know, ultimately, how do we really embrace animal protection through spay-neuter?
1: Yeah, I mean, we didn't touch upon it much today, but the whole amount of laws that are out there that really are not helpful in our cause, especially with regards to community cats, having communities that don't let you do trap neuter return. Yeah, you know, somebody's got to go through the whole country and clean house, and that's not an easy job.
0: No, it's not. And, and one of the things that, that, that any lawyer will tell you is that the law tends to be way behind what's actually going on on the ground and what the needs are on the ground. And so we've got to help the law catch up and, and do just, just what you described. There's a lot that we can do better.
1: Bruce, I want to thank you so much for uh, being on the show on this spay day. So appreciate that. And I hope we'll have you on again in the future.
0: It would be a delight. Thank you so much. And thanks for everything you do, Stacey.
1: Do you have the perfect selfie with you and one of your cats to share with us for Valentine's Day? Submit your photos to our My Feline Valentine contest and enter to win prizes, a $50 Amazon gift card, books from New York Times bestselling author Cheryl Richardson. Cheryl Richardson's team will be judging the selfies to determine who should win a prize. Winners will be announced on March 8th. As we get submissions, we'll also be sharing some of our best photos on our Facebook page. So keep a look out there. Check out communitycatspodcast.com to find out how to submit your selfie.